Faith for Today with Colin Urquhart and Julia Fisher. In looking at the letter that was written by God to the church in Pergamum yesterday, and we are taking a close look at all the seven letters written to the churches in Revelation, you spent a lot of time yesterday explaining about sexual immorality as God sees it. And we're just going to finish this little part of the letter in the program today, Colin. Yes, um, I, that that is the thing I think that it is obviously a very controversial subject uh, because we live in such a sexually immoral environment in the world today. Uh, but of course, God is also warning them against idolatry um, and Idolatry is a big problem in um, society. We make idols of people, we make idols of money, we make idols of our own selfish ambition. And just as I pointed out yesterday that uh, in the scripture, uh, Jesus makes it clear that the sexually immoral will not inherit the kingdom of God. So also those with selfish ambition will not inherit the kingdom of God. And um, I mean, a lot of people even make idols of themselves, really. They, their whole lives are turned around to getting what they want for themselves. Now, the church, of course, is God's alternative society. It's to be totally different. Um, I was saying at the end yesterday that it's not for us to judge the sexually immoral, just like Jesus didn't judge the prostitutes and the uh, and all those that were in the crowd. He he reached out to them with the truth of the gospel so that they could come out of their immorality and into the kingdom of God, out of darkness, into light. But it was because they knew that he didn't judge them, that they were there listening to his message. The religious bigots, the Pharisees and the other teachers of the law, they judged these sexually immoral people and would have nothing to do with them. So, of course, they could not reach them. They could not touch them with the truth. But we saw earlier in the week, where there is immorality within the church, then it is to be addressed. Then God says, that is right out of order. I am not allowing any sexual immorality inside my body. So, um, it isn't that we tolerate what goes on in the world, but we are reaching out into the world with the life and the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is not for us to judge the world, but to reach the world. And you know, when people feel that you're judging them, they don't want to even listen to what you're saying. So I think there's something very significant in that. So it's all about the church not being compromised. Absolutely. Now, I mean, if there's sexual immorality within the church, how can we address the gospel to a world that is full of sexual immorality. It's really as simple as that. So uh, the Lord says to this church in Pergamum, repent therefore, otherwise I will soon come to you and will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. Talking about fighting against those within the church that are guilty of the same things that the world is guilty of. We are not to love the world, meaning worldliness. We're not to love uh, what sinful humanity loves. We're to love righteousness and hate wickedness. And then the concluding part of this letter, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give some of the hidden manna. 
I will also give him a white stone with a new name written on it, known only to him who receives it. Now, I, I'm deliberately holding back from talking about overcoming because I'm going to do that at the end next week when we come to the end of these letters and talk about the overcoming and the promises that are given to those who overcome. I want to treat that whole thing. We'll, we'll devote a whole program to that because it's so important. And I, I don't want people to see this in bits and pieces, but to see uh, as a whole what it means to overcome and what the wonderful promises of God are to us today. Uh, as we fulfill his purpose to overcome. Let it be sufficient for us to say at this moment that this is God's purpose, that we do overcome, and there are wonderful eternal promises to those who prove faithful in this. Okay, so let's move on to the letter to the church in Thyatira. Um these are the words of the Son of God, whose eyes are like blazing fire and whose feet are like burnished bronze. I know your deeds, your love and faith, your service and perseverance, and that you are now doing more than you did at first. Here's the opening positive remarks. Remember, that's the way the Lord works. He encourages first and then he brings the correction. Now, We've seen that each of these letters tells us something different about God. Here, the word is, uh, he has eyes of blazing fire. Now, you remember in the first chapter of Revelation, when uh, John sees this vision, has this vision of God, uh, he sees his eyes, uh, eyes of blazing fire. Um, what, what really does this signify? Well, fire in uh, Scripture means a, a, a whole variety of different things. I wrote a book called Holy Fire in which I um, explained all this. It's been republished now as Revival Fire, so some people may want to get that and read all about the fire. Um, it can be the fire of judgment. It can be the fire of refining. It can be the fire that inflames the hearts of God's people with zeal for him, baptized with fire. So it can mean a lot of different things. My attitude is always, it's better to have the fire of refining now than the fire of judgment later. Uh, but let's understand this, that God's eyes are penetrating. <laughs> he, he sees right to the heart of every one of us. He knows what is in our hearts. He knows our thoughts from afar. He knows our words even before they're on our lips, we read in, in the Psalms. Um, but he knows everything about his church. He knows everything about every congregation that exists in this, Britain, in, in this country of Britain and throughout the world. Uh, he knows. He sees. Nothing can be hidden from him. But this doesn't mean, you see, that we should be in fear. Oh, oh dear. Because, you see, what God sees in this church in Thyatira is good. I know your deeds. I see your love. Remember, love, agape love, is love in action. 
so I know all the deeds that you perform in love. I know your faith. I see your faith. I see the way you trust me. I see the way in which you depend upon me. I see your service. I see the way in which you not only serve one another, but you're reaching out into the world to serve, to love, to care, to bless, to encourage. I see your perseverance, that even when things are going uh, badly, when it's difficult, when there's persecution and opposition, I see your perseverance. I see that you don't give up, you know, just because things are difficult, just because love is costly, you don't give up, you persevere. And, and this is wonderful, I think, that you are now doing more than you did at first. Now, you see, that's a contrast, isn't it, to losing your first love that we were talking about earlier in the week. Here is a church that has not lost its first love, but the people have gone from strength to strength to greater strength, from love to greater love, from service to greater service, from faith to greater trust in God. They're really on the move. They're keeping in pace with what the Lord is wanting. That's a great commendation to receive from God. Nevertheless, God says, I have this against you. You tolerate, tolerate that woman Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess. By her teaching, she misleads my servants into sexual immorality and the eating of food sacrificed to idols. I have given her time to repent of her immorality, but she is unwilling. So I will cast her on a bed of suffering, and I will make those who commit adultery with her suffer intensely, unless they repent of her ways. I will strike her children dead. Then all the churches will know that I am he who searches hearts and minds, and I will repay each of you according to your deeds. Wow. Who is this? This is our God. Is he the God of love? Yes. Is he the God of truth? Yes. Is he the God of righteousness? Yes. Is he the God of justice? Yes. What is he addressing? Well, often today this is called the Jezebel spirit. Those who infiltrate the church, who are seeking to compromise the standard of righteousness and of purity and of genuine love within the church. Those that inspire the sexual immorality. There is a wrong spirit that can get into a church where the relationships go wrong, they go haywire. And instead of that church being a witness to the world, it starts to adopt the standards of the world. And of course, it's always done in a false, deceptive way. But this is love. We're loving one another. God is love. God is love. He wants you to have what you need, what you desire, what will make you feel fulfilled. So deceptive. Because, of course, the love of God is not a sexual love. It's not an emotional love. It's the love that is directed to your will, that you choose to do what God wants. And that involves, Jesus says, denying yourself, taking up your cross, to follow him and to be a true disciple. 
You've been listening to Faith for Today, presented by Julia Fisher. This program is sponsored by Kingdom Faith. For further information, visit our website, kingdomfaith.com. 